0: So Pastor Raymond, man, um, I am at this time frame in my mind, I'm in London and I'm in the hotel and Pastor John Francis is in the same hotel and he comes up to me and he speaks and I speak and he's asking me who I'm preaching for and I tell him and um, he asked me a question. He said, what do you want your legacy to be? And I say to him, I'm like, you know, this is about five or six years ago. I'm being frank and honest. I'm like, I'm really, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think of Legacy the way he thought of it. He thought about what do you leave behind and all that kind of stuff. And, and I came from a school of thought in my frame. I can't control what happens once it's behind me. So just want to make sure that I give it to somebody uh, who will take care of it. I want to talk to you about Legacy because obviously you care about it. I mean, culturally, um, being from Africa, I know that's huge for you. And uh, God bless you, you and Stephanie, getting ready to have another baby. That's another leg of legacy. If I ask you to define legacy right now, uh, or what you wanted your legacy to be, what would your answer be?
1: My legacy, um, first of all, thank you very much, Pastor, um, uh, for just having this time to have a conversation with me and, and to talk about legacy. Because a lot of people talk about destiny um, and what they they are doing, but I think that the enemy is strategic. And he talks more about legacy than destiny. Why do I say that? Yeah. Um, the enemy has come to kill, steal, yeah, destroy. and destroy. So my question is, if he goes in that sequence, how will you destroy what you've already killed? It, it, it seems to me that maybe he is looking beyond you. Um, God is a transgenerational God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I've, I've, I've been raised traditionally culture and also spiritually to understand that um, greatness is not what you leave for your kids, it's what you leave in your kids. Mm-hmm. And i and by the I same. Say topic, that again, so greatness is not what you, you leave in your kids or in your seed, but what you leave for Boy, your wow. seed. Wow. And, and the enemy, um, pastor, the enemy, I, and this is something that that was just ingrained while we are growing up, the enemy is not fighting what God has called us to do. The what God has called us to raise. And while men you slept- You say that
0: again. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh,
1: the enemy is really fighting what God has called us to raise, not really what God has called us to do. And a lot of people are, that's why he's strategic. He kills, then he destroys. Uh, and we've been quoting that scripture. The it enemy has conscious. come to kill, steal, and destroy. So if he kills, why would he destroy? It, we have to stop and, and ponder and ask ourselves- how is he destroying something he's killed already because so, he's no longer so I say shit. it like
0: this like i heard a pastor out of south africa pastor he said that when you read that scripture uh there is a law that you have to attain or attach to it the law of diminishing responsibility so the enemy comes to kill he comes to steal and destroy well the most important thing is not the first thing, the most important thing is the last thing. So the least he could do is kill you. (laughs) The best thing he could do is destroy you. And then when he talks about destroying it, if you destroyed that which is dead, then it goes right back into what you said, it has to be legacy. It has to be that thing that you leave behind. It has to be that. And so here we are, um, you know, everybody's isolated, everybody's quarantined. Now it's amazing because this isn't the first outbreak that we've seen in the world. Like let's just take it away from the disease. It's just a moment of time. We go back to 2008, at least in our lifetime, the great recession, right? Remember in the year 2000, it was going to be Y2K and everything was (laughs) going to freeze and we were going to be eating spam and baloney and no computer would work and everything was going to start over. We continuously year after year make it through all of these tragedies and we make it through these strongholds and we make it through these seasons. And this isn't the last one. Mm-mm. So the question then that I have for you and maybe for the people who are listening. Since we're going to go through something of this sort again. Why are we discussing what's happening and possibly should we be discussing what are we leaving behind? What message in a bottle will we bury in the sands of time? so that people who come after us, when they find their bottle, will know the language or the message that we were supposed to learn in this moment.
1: Sir, when you were saying there's something, and this answers the question for me, because really and truly, um, I want my legacy for me, besides my kids, and it's just for God to be able to say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why do I say that? Because even Jesus, he was the Word made flesh. Yes. But he needed a father and a son. He lived under a closed heaven till his father spoke over his life. That's correct. And I, there are many sons living under closed heavens because they don't have fathers to speak into their lives. Yes. I I want to live a life under open heavens where I can live in the fulfillment of what God has called me to do. Only then can I be an example, an example to my kids, to people around me. I don't want to please people I I want to those. The, I want, <laughs> because doves only fall on lambs. This is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And when I think about legacy, I think about pleasing the Father first because when the Father spoke, the heavens were opened. And could it be possible that we are struggling with life and what we're supposed to do and our calling and destiny? Because we don't have legacy speaking of our destiny, wow. and the heavens have not yet opened. So for me, legacy for my kids doesn't start with them. It starts with my legacy with God. I want God to speak to me. I want to live under under an open heaven. I want to fulfill the destiny He's called me to. Because when I do what He's been, what He's called me to do, then it just fits in. And and my because I'm not living for them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm living for God. Then my light shines and all men can see. So. For me legacy is actually living under the influence and on the or doing exactly what god has called me to do and listen to his definition go ahead sir so
0: you know obviously legacy is what we believe what we leave behind we got that i was studying the word legacy before we came together wow i saw a definition for legacy that i never knew that i never thought of listen to this it says legacy is an applicant to a particular college or university who is regarded preferentially because a parent or other relative attended the same institution. I knew that we could leave a legacy. I never knew I could be a legacy. So I I think the next step is for us to just stop, to just quantum leap, to leapfrog from telling people to leave a destiny to to being one. And because my father, your father, our father, Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of the world, because of Jehovah Yahweh, because our father is the owner of the universe. That means that if we apply ourselves, we will receive preferential treatment to the same power because we are a legacy. Because
1: he is a legacy. Does that make sense? So, so what you're saying basically, pastor, is that legacy is not what is behind. What, legacy is what is before. You are legacy. That's crazy. So, so legacy is not what I'm looking at, what you've left behind. Legacy is not behind. Legacy, since it's an applicant. Yes. And that's always before. futuristic, right? Absolutely.
0: Wow. So they, oh my God, you just opened up a can of worms. I think people are going to start going crazy because you just, you just really switched our entire purview. I bet you, myself included, and everybody who's listening and watching, has always looked behind for legacy. It's it's the thing that we leave behind. That's what we say. It's the thing we leave behind. But now it seems to me is that legacy is who we are. And it is what we step into. And it is what we become. When I read that definition, it it blew my mind. The other thing is, is I'm a a fan of hip-hop and rap music. And as soon as uh, the uh, producers was telling me about the word legacy, I heard Jay-Z in my mind. He got some <laughs> legacy, legacy, legacy. I heard it going on and on and on. Listen to some of the things that he says. He says, take those monies and spread across families. My sisters, Hattie and Lou, the nephew's cousin, and TT, Eric, the rest to be for whatever she wants to do. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids through schools. My stake in Rock Nation should go to you. Leave a piece of your siblings to give their children to. Title, the champagne. He's got all of the stuff that he goes on. He said, we're gonna start a society within a society. That's major. Like the Negro League. That was a time in America wouldn't let us ball. Those times are now back. Just now called Afrotech. I mean, he goes on and on and on and on about what legacy is. And it's this ping pong match. He's going from past to present present the past forward backwards backwards forwards and legacy has two directions that's what I'm learning about this legacy has two directions it's behind and it's in front it's before, before and, and it's after right and it is not only what I want to leave behind it's also what I am yep yeah it's what I am so so to me um you know I think that we've got this huge re- responsibility and opportunity yep to recognize that, that this moment is not only stripping us, but it's shaping us. Like our entire staff, I was talking to some people, people are stepping up in ways that they've never stepped up. People are being exposed in ways that they've never been exposed. Things that we relax a days go on, now all of a sudden we have to be sharp. And let me tell you what I told them when we started figuring out that we were gonna to have to stream. I said, do not bring me anything that we will not continue after the doors open back up. Wow. Because I don't want the legacy of going to our online audience and providing content for them because it was the only means that we had. And then when the doors open, we abandoned the people in Nebraska. And we abandoned the people in Miami. And we abandoned the people in California. And we abandoned the people in Virginia. Why? Because now we've got this audience we forget the legacy. Wow. And so I told him, if this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do throughout perpetuity. This is what we're gonna do wow. from now on. And that is how you focus on legacy, about making sure that you're looking in both directions. You got Asher, he's he's gonna be before the new baby, right? Yeah. And then you got Annabelle in the middle, right? Yeah. And, and so when I look at you and your family, Everything you do is about legacy. You don't even let people watch your kids or babysit them Mm-mm. if you don't feel something. Absolutely, I've seen you not. Go to, I've seen you not go to work and miss money to stay at home with your kids. Why is that so important to you?
1: It's. I mean, you just said it. Legacy for me. It's uh, because it, it's modern. They learn. It's. It's not what we held and what we are saying is so, what we're doing is so loud, they can't hear what we are saying. Mm. So for me, I understand that they pick a lot from just being around. So I understand the importance. I I put a lot of um, premium, not on what I'm telling them to do, but on their environment because they are a seed and the environment is more important. And if I'm going to allow the assignment wow. to blossom, yeah. I have to be very conscious of the environment. I can change the seed, but I can you mess can up with the environment. but I can, I can change the soil. Um, and once you mess up with the soil, you affect the output of the seed. So that's what happened, the parable of the of the seed. So I can change Asher, I can change Annabelle. What they have is God given that I can mess with the seed. So if they're, instead of putting them in a seed that is full of thorns, maybe I have an opportunity and a responsibility to put them in a soil that is good.
0: Jesus responds to us or refers to us as children and he says, greatest in the kingdom of heaven are the little ones. So again, then that means the seed, the legacy is the greatest. So it tells me that the seed is always greater than the soil. The the seed is always greater than the soil. You know, the soil, um, like we've got dirt out here and, when we were talking about using some of this dirt because we got acres and acres of dirt, we were told that once they dug up the soil, somebody said, well, you need to look at selling the dirt. You can sell the dirt. And we went to go try to sell the dirt and found out that we couldn't sell the dirt because the soil was bad, that the, that the soil didn't have the value that it needed. But I've never heard anybody say the seed was bad I mean, there's no such thing yep. as a bad seed. Mm. It's always about the soil. the soil. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. The legacy. The legacy. He, he's, It's the seed. The seed is innately good. It's the soil that has the propensity to have a problem. Greater is he, the seed that is in me, yep. and he that is in the world. The I seed can't, will bruise the head. There you go. So I'm, I'm looking at this, like we have an opportunity to come out of this thing stronger. Yeah. I, I, I really believe this. the lighthouse church. When we open the doors back up, our church should be larger.
1: Pastor D you just wrote the book in shift and I'm not trying to, this is in line with what we're saying, but we are going into a season where people are talking about Easter, the tomb is empty. Mm. And I thought about it. The church is also empty and the tomb is empty. And what is the connection if maybe the power of resurrection is if Jesus stayed in the, in the tomb, we would never have a resurrection. And now. The tr- <laughs> There's a white flag I got to what? what?
0: So this so, is the first time in modern history
1: that both the tomb and the church is empty. So, that's, so, so we are basically in a season that is pivotal where the tomb is empty and the church is empty and we think it's a curse, we think it's a plague, we are praying it away. And I, I, I understand corona and all, I, I get it, I get it. But could there be, nothing ever surprises God. Nothing. Could it be possible that this is the moment where God has been waiting for? We say 2020 vision, perspective and all of that. We shout about it, but do we really understand it? That the, the tomb is empty and the church Is empty. What would happen if Jesus stayed in the tomb? What would happen if the church stayed in the tomb? Eventually the legacy, because I'm connecting is the legacy Jesus gave his disciples is first of all, he had to leave the tomb. And second of all, he had to give himself to his disciples. He said, it's expedient that I go.
0: Well, let me say this. (laughs) If I had a mic, (laughs) I would drop it. (laughs) That is it. (laughs) I'm gonna stop right there. That is, was, and will always
1: be Pastor Rainbow Hear me. He is the
0: campus pastor of the Lighthouse South. He is, as you can see, a phenomenal mind. Uh, he did not study anything, he just said. Everything he said just came off the top of his head. The church is empty. And so is the tomb. Oof. When the tomb was empty, wow. Jesus went up. Wow. The church is empty. You're on your way up. Incredibly. We'll see you next time.